This is Fantasy Book Club. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Book Club. This is the Internet's Book Club and just by listening, you're a member. My name is Colton Pratt. And I'm Sydney Lyerly. And we're still reading Fairy Tale. This week, we read chapters 21 through... No, sorry, we read 20. 20. <laughs> through 21.3. Yes. So read 21 section 3. Don't read 21 section 4, if that makes yeah, sense. Not yet. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it was it was uh, a good chapters. Is there anything you want to say before we get right into it, Sydney? Um, just next week, we're reading the rest of chapter 21 and then chapter 22. Right. Uh, and so easy peasy. Let's get right on into chapter 20 uh, because kind of a lot we learn about this chapter. So yes, we should really lot, just... Quite a bit that happens. There's there's a ton that happens. Lots of names. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of names. Okay. <laughs> uh, in chapter 20, the, the titles are Durance Vile, Hammy, Feeding Time, The Lord High, Interrogation. And chapter 20 starts with um, what seems to be a pers- point of view from Radar. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, it's Radar running... And uh, she's she's going as fast as she can, trying to find somewhere safe, and then it's interrupted with the the words slap slap. And then uh, she keeps running, she keeps going, she finds the place with the cat the cabinet, and then he then it, it gets interrupted with slap slap. Wake up, kitty! And then it's her running from the werewolves because the moon just finally came out, and um, then it's interrupted with slap slap. Do you want to miss another meal? Nah. And uh, Charlie wakes up. And that was a weird little dream thing that he had yeah. of hoping that freaking Radar had finally gotten away and had been successful in escaping and not got caught. Yeah, it kind of gives me like um, premonition vibes. Like, you know, he's dreaming this, but like, is it actually happening? Yeah, it's weird because I get. Yeah, I have no idea. I hope that she's okay. It would be such such a downer if the dog that this entire book has been based around also just kind of died. Yeah. That would be just a major, a major downer for this book. Um, but yeah, that's the end of section one. Section two opens with uh, him finally like waking up and finding that it was a dude leaning over him was slapping him out of a sleep. Uh, yeah. And the dude's name is Hammy. And yep. he is trying to wake up this guy. Although they're in a dungeon. Surrounded by a bunch of people, and uh, the other people don't really, really want the the slapping, the the waking up to happen. A lot of the people just like let him die. There's already thirty one. Is kind of his thinking. A, a lot of the thinkings is um, if if he dies, then we're still at thirty. We don't have to worry as much. But if he stays alive, we're at thirty one. Yeah, because and we, they figure that um, flight killer wants thirty two. So we find out a little bit more yeah. about that later. But yeah. Um, and Hammy is just a nice guy who is doing it because he wants to protect his soul for the afterlife. Uh, he doesn't want to really let the kid sweet. die if he can avoid it. I yeah, like Hammy, Hammy seems like a chill guy. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, a dude named I becomes really, he's like, there is no afterlife. Uh, I, in this chapter, I or Iota is a butthole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's in the cell. <laughs> I is in the cell across from Hammy and uh, Charlie. Like they can see him. Yeah. And he is. Uh, one thing I want to notice, by the way, is the guy says, um, I am worried about the afterlife. But what he actually calls the afterlife is the ever after, which mm-hmm. is another fairy tale call, call out because happily yeah. ever after they lived happily ever after. Yeah. So death is living in the ever ever after. Oh. Yeah, I actually hadn't thought about that until you pointed it out. Really? <laughs> I know that hadn't really registered. Yeah, it's another fairy tale thing. Um, <laughs> which it's I still am not convinced this isn't in a fairy tale somehow. Like I'm still not convinced that this isn't like the spawning point of all fairy tales in our world or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. I, I'm sure something like that happens, but we'll see exactly what it is. Um, and uh, Hammy and him talk a bit about like uh getting him water and you look strong kiddo and like you know uh giving him a little tiny bit of information about this area but not a lot yeah. um and hammy uh <laughs> hammy's being nice and other prisoners are yelling at him like uh 
they're mad at him for being nice to this guy and they're yelling a bunch of crap um yeah it's 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 funny you should read it but it's inappropriate so i'm not gonna read it um but (laughs) no dramatic for you no dramatic reading of this section because it's <laughs> gross. <laughs> um, but they they uh, they're in a place called Deep Moline, and I don't know exactly what that means, but they're that's what they're that's where they are. It's a place called Deep Moline. Um, you have a fun name for a dungeon. Yeah, it's, it's a cool name for a dungeon. I don't really know <laughs> what it means, but it's cool. Um, and also it was he's thinking about how like. He's seen things that have dungeons in them in like media. Charlie has, mm-hmm. but it's like about what he expects, kind of, but not really. You know, yeah. like it's there's gas lamps and water dripping from the ceiling and like puddles in the hallway and metal bars and people, but like, uh, it, it it's weird. Um, and I, the mean one, says, "Welcome, new boy. Welcome to hell," which is just over dramatic this guy (laughs) this guy is he's he's uh not the best guy he says i believe i'll rip your liver out and wear it for a hat until then have a pleasant stay (laughs) yeah because they talk about (laughs) they talk about the fair one a lot so we don't really know what that is yet but um we Mm -hmm. talk about that a lot and we'll learn eventually what that is but i mean it kind of answers to what it is a little. Yeah. A little. But we don't learn exactly what it is yet. Yeah. Um, We also learn that Hammy, his cellmate, has what they call the bads, which is diarrhea. And he <laughs> blames it on a mushroom he ate while he was foraging uh, over a year ago. He's been, since he's been foraging, but he still thinks that dang mushroom <laughs> has got him. Um, But we love Hammy. Hammy's yeah. a cool guy. Hammy's funny. Uh, and then eventually, that's the end of section two. Section three happens, and he's just kind of like sitting there, and he's starting to feel more and more like awake and like himself longer he's in there. Yeah. Uh, and he asks Hammy, like, what are whole people? And Hammy just kind of says, we are, which I think is funny. It's a, it's a good answer <laughs> from Hammy. Um, yeah. Well, Hammy also just, assumes that he should know this already. Yeah, of course it will. Um, and they talk about like... uh how there there were once a lot of whole people like a ton of them but now there's just a few left and so they're collecting they're these people are collecting uh are collecting the last remaining of like the whole people for whatever yeah. reason man i really am excited to theorize about this i do not know what's happening <laughs> yeah i i'm excited to um, hear you theorize about it cuz like i said they talk about the fair one a lot and you get kind of like an idea of what it might be because Charlie kind of guesses at it, but mm-hmm. we don't really know. So I'm excited to hear you theorize about what the heck is going on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so he, uh, what's his name? Hammy? Yeah, Hammy got, starts getting in his head and he's like, starts freaking out how he'll be the first to go because he's not strong and he got the bads. And then it's like, he suddenly remembers Charlie's there and he starts talking about, oh, but you'll, you'll be fine. Uh, you seem fast and you seem strong, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, which is, a little bit freaky. And then um, eventually they start talking about like where Hammy's like, you're not from the Citadel, are you? And Charlie shakes his head. And so he says, where are you from? And he lists a bunch of places that he could be. And uh, he Charlie, he just confuses Hammy further because Hammy yeah. doesn't know where he's from. But Hammy also says, don't tell them. It's it's good. Don't tell, keep it a secret. That's smart. Um, which I appreciate. And then... Um, Charlie asks him who's the flight killer and who is the Lord High. And Hammy only answers who the Lord High is. The Lord High is who they call Kellen uh, in Chief of the Night night, uh, Soldiers. Yeah. And that's cool. Um, And while they're talking, he gets interrupted by uh, Percy, who is uh, a not whole person. He's one of the gray people who has like, uh, you know, melted features like the gray people tend to. Like worse than Dora. Extra gray. gray. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's bad. He has like only one eye still open, barely any mouth left, like that kind of a thing. Um, yeah. and he's his hands are kind of like flippers, or his toes aren't in, independent anymore. Um, but he walks in and he says, "Hack, hack, hack, bastards," um, <laughs> which essentially means get back. He's yelling at them all to yeah. get back so that uh, he can walk down the aisle without being like 
grabbed at, I, I assume. Yeah. Um, and uh, as he walks, he throws everybody like pieces of meat, which are actually, uh, Charlie is surprised to find, actually fairly good. Like they're almost raw, but they're like not maggot infested pieces of garbage. Like they're actually good which to eat meat. Which definitely seems fair to me that Charlie would assume they'd be maggot infested. Like I feel like if I was in a dungeon surrounded by like, you know, being held by a d- bunch of dead people... I would also be mm-hmm. worried that everything would be maggot infested. Yeah, 100%. Um, but it's not. He eats it. He eats all of his. And then uh, Hammy offers uh, Hammy offers his half of the steak to the other guy. And they end up eating that. Also, Percy, on his um, way, on his way, like, back the other direction, um, he says, he says this. Hili uns u i u, which apparently means that uh, Kellen wants to see you. Yeah. Um, and so now we learn that freaking Kellen, the Night Watch guard, like captain guy, wants to have a meeting with uh, our our boy Charlie, which is Uh-oh. a little bit <laughs> freaky. But yeah. uh, but Hammy has an idea and says, "Tell him you're for, from Ulam, uh, and you dodge their poison somehow." And yeah. that's all that's all he really gets out because everybody else then kind of um uh like you know Kellen see him he gives him that uh, Hammy gives him that advice and that's the end of section three. Yeah. Now it's time for section four. Yes. Um <laughs> and at the beginning he talks about how he has no place to lay and how uh he considers stealing Hammy's place to lay and then thinks like who is that? That's not me, I'm not like that, and decides to just lay on the floor and uh chill and while he's trying to sleep because he is he's exhausted still like his body feels worn out for some reason yeah and while he's trying to sleep uh fremi people named fremi and stooks who are there in their neighboring cell says baby go nappy nap all tired out <laughs> yeah um fremi and stooks, so are, fremi like, and stooks are fun people yeah they're like the jokesters so they give you very like fred and george from harry potter vibes yeah so if you've watched yeah. Harry Potter, then you'll know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, then I apologize for you. Yeah. Um, also, Abbott and Costello is what is what Charlie calls him. The Abbott and Costello of the Deep Maline. Yeah. Maline, Maline. Which way do which what are we going with? Maline or Maline? I, I call it Maline. Maline. Okay, cool. Um and basically he falls asleep. Well, he talks about the reason he's tired is because of the uh, ghost skeleton people sucking his life force away, like their yeah. blue aura sucks life force or whatever. Which um, is really and because creepy. of that, he is exhausted. It's weird, um, yeah. but he's exhausted, so he goes to sleep. And when he wakes up, Hammy is shaking him. Um, and apparently, it's time. It's time for uh, I guess three of the skeleton people walk in and they say it's time to play. So who knows exactly what's happening, but. All, all 30, except for Charlie, have to get get brought out of the prisoner, and they get, like, walked out. And then yeah. a different guard, um, a different guard pulls Charlie out to go a different direction. But for some reason, I don't exactly know what happens, but uh, the gas jet just, like, suddenly falls off of the wall, and... Uh, Charlie's guard tries to fix it twice and it just doesn't work as he is panicking and freaking out, which I think is kind of funny. And I don't really know what the point of it is. Literally, like literally, just like yeah. the gas lamp falls out. He fixes it twice. It keeps breaking and then eventually he just decides to leave it and they walk away. I will say, um, I don't, well, I don't know if I should say this because I'm not really sure if this is a spoiler, but I'll just say that keep the gas lamp in mind because it does, I believe, come Okay. Later. Oh, like some something happens. I have later an idea. With the gas lamp. Okay. What's your idea? I know what they're gonna do. No, I'll wait for theory time. I know what they're gonna do. Thank you for that hint. You didn't give me the answer, but it helped me figure out the correct answer. I bet. Okay. Um, we'll see. And anyway, uh, he he the guard makes him start walking, and they whack him with a limber stick, uh, and uh the on his bad shoulder, and it hurt. And that's the end of section five. Now we move on to section six. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, section six is just he is walking 
And the guard behind him keeps whacking him with a stick. Charlie says, you don't have to hit me, sir. I'm not a horse. <laughs> and the man says, yes, you are. You're my horse. Be, ga- be grateful I don't make you gallop, which I think is supposed to be intimidating. But it doesn't come off as intimidating to me at all. It's such a silly like, thing to say. Okay, in real life, if that if you were Charlie in this situation, I think that'd be scary. But like to us reading it, it's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, that's just weird. <laughs> yeah. Um. And anyway, he keeps walking and he keeps getting hit in uh, by the limber stick. Um, now they're aiming for the back of his neck, which is mean and hurts. And it actually yeah. breaks skin. And Charlie's now bleeding from the back of his neck for like basically the remainder of our reading today. He's bleeding from the back of his neck. He keeps walking and they go to like a staircase and he starts walking and he counts 400, at least 400 steps before he loses count and has to keep going. Yep. Um. And also, the the uh, guard calls his, like, life force sucking aura thing. He calls it uh, cold fire, which is something to note, I guess. As they kept walking, he just, basically, they're walking through alcoves, alcoves upon alcoves. He sees statues of um, men and women in these little, like, coves. A statue of a big monster he thinks looks kind of like Cthulhu. Yeah, I also want to point out that this hallway they're walking down, once they get to the top of the stairs, the hallway is, like, half a mile long. Like, you imagine how big this palace yeah. is? Like, they walk up that many stairs and then walk down a half-mile-long hallway. That's insane. Um, And he gets struck in the back of the neck again, and has to walk again. And then he tries to – he knocks at a place, and he gets whacked because he doesn't knock hard enough. And so he knocks again. Um. And he also yep. has a thought about, I don't know if you can die, but if you can and I get the chance, I'm going to kill you. He thinks about the um, yep. the the man, the guard following him, who I'll just spoil. His name is Aaron. I'm not going to like he, it's Aaron. I don't like keep saying this. So this dude is Aaron and he's yeah. a jerk. <laughs> it, his name being Aaron kind of makes me laugh because Aaron is such a, like a normal name. And like I feel dude. like for the most part, a lot of the names in this book, like in empus and have been very like you know fantasy like mm-hmm. made up like very different unique names and then you just have aaron who's a dead dude which yeah. i think is hilarious <laughs> and kellen kellen's also a dead dude speaking of which he's who answers the door yeah but oh. kellen is like a different kellen is like a different name aaron is like i had a friend named aaron in high school like uh, aaron a is a very kellen. basic like normal name i had a friend, friend named kellen, kellen? Really? I him kill. Yeah, he called me. Really? He called me a werewolf because I'm so oh. hairy. I grow so much hair. He called me a werewolf. <laughs> yeah, it, he was okay. A, I've never heard the name Kellen before. He was a nice guy. Was it spelled the same way? Yeah, it's, it's Kellen. It's a guy. Okay, well, <laughs> my point still. Yeah. My point still stands. Kellen is a very different name and gives me more fantasy vibes than Aaron. Oh, for sure. Does. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. Um. Anyway, Kellen opens. He just like. Is wearing a red velvet smoking jacket. <laughs> Just like a normal looking dude. Uh, and that's the end of section six. Section seven. Um, and if Kellen doesn't really look like a skeleton at first glance. Like he looks like a guy again somehow. Like he, it's it's weird. His yeah. face has makeup on it to make him look more human colored. He's wearing a smoking jacket. Like that kind of a stuff keeps happening. Um, and Kellen says, ah, our new guest. Come in, please. Aaron, you may leave. And Aaron is like uh, hesitant to do so, but Kellen forces him out. And then it's just Kellen and Charlie sitting together in this room. Uh, and which I will point out, this room is like super. Oh, yeah. Nice it has fancy. electricity. Like there's like electricity and yeah. everything. Um, and he he offers Charlie tea, which seems strange. Like, it seems like a strange thing. A lot of this is, yeah. like, a strange thing to do, in my opinion. Um, but he yeah. he takes the tea with a lot of sugar, no cream. Uh, and for a second, he uh, he sees that the cup has a design of, like, a poppy around the lip. Charlie does. And it makes him think of uh, yeah. Dora and wonder if her do- if his dog made it back to her. Um, I miss I miss Dora, Dora too. Um. And this whole interaction, by the way, is weird to me because they're kind of being nice, but also not. For example, Charlie toasts with the phrase long days and pleasant nights. Like it's that's a weird thing to do to your captor who hates you. I think 
part of it is so I think Kellen acting nice is like an intimidation tactic. Mm-hmm. Like it's supposed to be like he's gonna act friendly, like good cop, bad cop type vibe, yeah. right? Like he's gonna act friendly and then he's gonna be a jerk, which he kind yeah. of is. Um and then Charlie's just kind of going along with it, I yeah. think. In the beginning, just going along with being nice, hoping that he'll can get on his good side would be my Fair guess. enough. Like if you're being held captive by this dude who can suck your life life force out <laughs> just by being near you. Yeah. I would also try and be friendly to you in the beginning and try and get on your good side. Yeah. Um Kellen asks for Charlie's name, Charlie gives it to him. Uh Kellen seems caught off guard like he's never heard the name Charlie before. Um and he also says your your yeah. accent sounds I just heard the name Aaron. I don't get it. What <laughs> names are normal and what names are in this world? That's a good point, actually. I I really I really <laughs> huh. I didn't think about that. That's a good point. Um, anyway, uh he asks where Charlie's from. Charlie does decide to listen to um his friend and goes with decides to say he's from Ulam. Um and he uh Kellen seems like uncertain if it's true. Uh, and as Kellen is thinking, yeah. Charlie is like staring at him. And so Kellen says, is it polite to stare in Ulam, Charlie? Which I, <laughs> Kellen is such a fun guy. I think he's neat. He's terrible and mean, but he's such an <laughs> interesting fellow. He's very, I think he's got a lot more personality than a lot of the night soldiers. I feel like yeah. a lot of the night soldiers are just like, like you look at Aaron, Aaron just, you know, do what I tell you. Whereas Kellen, I feel like, has a lot more personality. Yeah. Kellen asks Charlie, why'd you leave uh, Ulam? And uh, Charlie is like, I wanted to live. Duck the poison. This dude, it really feels like this entire conversation is a dance of Kellen trying to get uh, Charlie in an obvious lie. And Charlie doing everything in his power to avoid being caught saying an obvious lie. Um, And so Charlie just is answering in very short sentences mostly. Uh, Kellen asks how many others have ducked the poison and Charlie says he doesn't know and uh, he says Kellen I like this line Kellen says my lord flight killer grows impatient for 32 he's very wise but a bit of a child in that respect Um, the thing is Charlie he doesn't he doesn't yet know that I have 31 that means I can make away with you if I desire so be very careful and answer my questions truthfully which is a, a pretty good threat, yeah. honestly. Good threat. Good job, Kellen. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting, though, because I feel like Kellen at points sounds like he believes Charlie, and then at points is like, no, I know you're lying yeah. to me. And I just am very curious because it's never really stated for sure whether Kellen believes him or not. Yeah. Um, and uh, basically he says he just kind of – there's a whole conversation about – Charlie's made up running away. I'm going to skip forward now until when they get into like Charlie speaking. True. Hold on. Before you before you skip forward, I want to say something yeah. first. We find out that the people from Ulam, um, like it's Charlie compares it to what happened in Jonestown. So if you know yeah. this story, I don't know if you've ever heard I about have. this happening. But for those of you who hadn't, I listened to so I listened to a crime podcast and one of the episodes was about what happened in Jonestown. So basically this dude he was basically running a cult and he like everyone committed like mass it was like a mass suicide like it was yeah. wild and that's basically what happened here in olam yep. and i just think that's a very interesting little like comparison to something that happened in like real life yeah so i just i just thought it was interesting yeah um they also asked why he came like kellen asked why charlie came and charlie said i hadn't he said answer truthfully i had an old dog I heard about this this thing that can make her young again. And um, uh, Kellen says, did it work? And Charlie says, it did. Um, and then Kellen reveals the name of the dead the dead mermaid we saw last chapter. He says, uh, yeah, he says, I thought the slaying of Elsa in her pool might end its power, but the old magic is stubborn. So the the uh, mermaid is not named after the mermaid princess. It's named after the ice princess. So now we know that um, yeah. <laughs> it's not Aria, it's Ariel, it's Elsa, which I think is yep. pretty funny. Um, and then he asks, he asks, uh, do you know what magic does, Charlie? Um, and 
he Charlie think, thinks like I thought I did everything, but he shakes his head no. Essentially, I he 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 ends up saying I don't know what it does. Um, and Kellen's response is it gives people hope, and hope is dangerous. So I really am trying to figure out what the goal of this new monarchy is, a flight killer and all of his night watch and stuff. Like, what are they ultimately trying to accomplish as a, yeah. as a, a group? Like, what's their what's their yeah. end goal for? their kingdom i guess like i don't actually get it um but who knows uh-huh. anyway uh kellen then's like so why else did you come tell the truth or i'll cut your throat and charlie says gold um and he says uh have you seen the gold in the treasury and the guy goes well first he says well you passed you passed hannah and she sits on gold gold is useless and charlie says i couldn't very well carry her throne now could i uh, which is a good answer. He's got yeah, a point. I mean, yeah, true. <laughs> um, and he uh, takes the pellet. He says, I heard the story of pellets. And Kellen says, oh, in the treasury. You never saw and came to the games and gawked them to the glass? And Charlie says, no, I never came. Which is, he. it really feels like every question in this conversation is a trap set by, um, as a trap being set to try and catch Charlie. Uh, which is, Kind yes. of upsetting. It absolutely is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It is absolutely, but it's very upsetting. Anyway, um, he he goes, he goes. Why did you turn her back after the sudden night? Like, why didn't you keep going forward? And Charlie says, I I I wanted to get out before dark. I almost made it. And um, Kellen Kellen thinks that's kind of funny. Um, and he says this sentence, which I really like. I don't care for you, Charlie, and I don't believe you. No, not at all. And uh, I'm tempted to send you to the belts. Only Flight Killer wouldn't approve. He wants 32. And with you and Malene, we're but one short. So back to Malene you go. So basically, um, yep. Kellen just doesn't like Charlie. That's the end of the conversation. It's like Kellen hates Charlie. <laughs> Which, fair yeah, enough, I guess. Basically, and I feel like that feeling is probably fairly mutual for Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. And then Kellen screeches unnaturally loud. Aaron. Wow. That was a, I didn't even know I could produce that noise. <laughs> that was awful. What the heck was that? How did I do that? <laughs> he, he screams Aaron's name unnaturally <laughs> loud. But I, I, it probably sounded like what I just did, honestly. I don't know how I did that. Um, yeah, but like louder and screechier. Yours is more like a whisper. A weird, yeah, I didn't like it. Um, <laughs> and he says, he says, take him back. He, he tells, Kellen tells Aaron to take Charlie back to uh, Malene, but on the way, show him belts. And so we're going to learn about what the belts yeah. is. Um, oh, boy. And uh, also one more thing happens before it goes uh, is that he before right before he leaves, he gets called back into the room and, sa- and Kellen says, what's this? And shows him the wallet that uh, Charlie had in his pocket now. It wasn't Charlie's wallet he had in his pocket. In his pocket, he had old, um, oh, what's it? Christopher Polly's uh, wallet, which was lucky for him. All of his important stuff is in his backpack hidden in a fountain. And so he's, he is lucky about that. Um, but when he pulls out the wallet, it's marked up with like basically only thing that is recognizable about like the $10 bill he shows is Alexander Hamilton. Everything else is like, hieroglyphs you can't recognize them um and then he brings out christopher polly's uh driver's license and the same thing only christopher polly is readable everything else is like hieroglyphs because something about like the magic that translates stuff in his brain to english is not translating the text properly other than christopher polly's name for some reason um and uh basically he he asks who is this and charlie lies and says um I just found it on the way along with these sneakers I'm wearing. I just found them along the way, basically, which is a risky, yeah. a risky gambit he did. I'm sure like a, a, quite a risky gambit, but uh, that's what he decides to go with. And uh, Kellen doesn't like that answer. And he says, he's filthy. His filth is on my rug, on my chair, even on the cup he used. Get this lying scum out of my quarters, which is just, uh, I mean, I, I, honestly, a great way to end this chapter. And yeah, that's the end of my chapter. Some theories. Yeah, it is. It really I feel like um Kellen just is very like yes, bipolar. Kellen, absolutely Kellen like. is bipolar. I don't understand him. Okay. So you, 
Do you want to do theories now or do you want to do theories after we're done with my section? I want to do theories about stuff that your section doesn't address. One, because okay. I, I don't want to forget. Go for it. They're going to make a bomb. Make a bomb. Blow it up. They're going to use the gas from the from the lantern to make to fill their area with gas and light it when somebody walks in. They go on a, they, I have a suspicion okay. Charlie's going to use that lantern to make a bomb. That is my, that is my big guess um, to escape okay. somehow. Because, of course, somehow Charlie's going to escape. I'm not sure how, but he has to because otherwise this book would suck. Uh-huh. And also he's writing it from the future yeah. so we know he <laughs> ends up okay. Like he can't die because he's writing yeah. this from the future. Um, mm-hmm. What else did I have theories about? Uh, what do you think the fair one is? Charlie. What do you mean? No, the fair one. That's what they need the 32 for. Oh. Like, why do you think Flight Killer needs 32 for the fair one? Oh, it's almost certainly going to be like a, a fight to the death of all the fair people. And so it was like, oh, one fair person remaining is going to become king. That's it. Flight Killer is looking for a successor. He's going to make all the people who have royal blood fight to the death until he picks one to become like the final king at the end of it. Okay. You don't believe me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I'm just saying. I think I think um, I think see. that's it. Yeah. I don't were there any other theories? Uh not from my section without your yours lends more help to anything else. So you can go ahead and get started with your section of chapter twenty one. Okay. So chapter twenty one. The titles are The Belts, Inamin, Not a Spotch of Grey, and Dungeon Days. So we don't obviously get through all those because we only read through section three, but We'll start with uh, section one. So they're going back a different way because Aaron is taking uh, Charlie to the uh, to see the belts, whatever that is. Um, so they're passing all these doors. Most of them are closed. Um, Charlie really feels that like the palace is very deserted, other than like the few night soldiers and the few people working there and things like that. Um, as they're going down, he they end up going past where Charlie assumes Deep Molina is, so they're deeper than what he thinks Deep Molina is. Yeah. And as they're going, the gaps in the walls are like um becoming further apart. They're like spluttering, like they're not, you know, working mm-hmm. very well. Um Aaron is still uh, you know, occasionally hitting him with the stick, which is because that's what Aaron not does. Great either. Yes, that's Aaron's whole vibe is I'm gonna hit you with this stick every time. Aaron loves his stick. Aaron's um, very pro stick. <laughs> he does love his stick. Um, they finally get to a door and Charlie goes to knock because he thinks Aaron's going to whack him if he doesn't knock. And Aaron's like, nah, just open the door. Pause. Charlie opens the door. Pause. Yes. I want to do dramatic yes. reading of what he sees. Can we do that? I was also wanted to do a dramatic oh, okay. reading. Yeah. Good. I didn't want you to start reading it before we start describing it before we read it. Okay, you ready? <laughs> Here it goes. I lifted the iron latch, pushed the door open, and was hit by a wall of sound and heat. Aaron prodded me inside. Sweat sprang out on my face and arms almost immediately. I found myself on a parapet surrounded by a waist-high iron railing. The circular area below me looked like an exercise club in hell. At least two dozen gray men and women were speed walking on treadmills, each with a noose around his or her neck. Three night soldiers lounged against the stone walls, holding limber sticks and watching. Another was on a kind of podium, banging on a high wooden cylinder like a conga drum. Painted on the drum were bleeding monarch butterflies, which was probably inaccurate. I don't think butterflies bleed. Directly across from me, beyond the treadmills, was a clattering machine, all fan belts and pistons. It shook on its platform. Above it was a single electric light, like the kind mechanics used to look under the hoods of the cars they are fixing. What I was seeing reminded me of the warboats in one of my favorite TCM movies, Ben-Hur. The men and women on those treadmills were slaves, just as the men rowing the warboats had been. As I watched, one of the women stumbled, clawed at the rope sinking into her neck, and managed to lunge to her feet again. Two of the night soldiers watched her, then looked at each other and laughed. Wouldn't want to be down there, Kitty, would you? Aaron asked from behind me. No. I didn't know which was more horrible, the prisoners striding along at a brisk walk that was just short of a run, or the way two of the skeleton men had laughed when the woman lost her footing and began to choke. No, I wouldn't. I wondered how much juice that treadmill-powered red owl trap of a generator could put out. I was guessing not much. There had been electricity in the Lord High's apartments, but I hadn't seen it anywhere else. Only the gas jets, which didn't look in very good shape either. How long do they have to... The shift is 12 hours. 
It wasn't ours, he said, but my mind again made the translation. I was hearing empisarium. I was speaking it, and I was getting better at both. I probably wouldn't have been able to utter a slang term analogous to awesome sauce yet, but even that might come eventually. Unless they choke out. We keep a few in reserve for when that happens. Come on, kitty. You've had your look. Time to leave. I was glad to go, believe me. But before I turned away, the woman who had fallen glanced up at me. Her hair hung in sweaty clumps. Her face was being buried in knots and hills of gray flesh, but there was enough of her features left for me to see her despair. Did the sight of that despair make me as angry as the sight of the slaughtered mermaid? I'm not sure, because it all made me angry. A fair land had been turned foul, and this was the result. Whole people locked in a dungeon, sick people with nooses around their necks forced to run on treadmills to provide electric lights for the Lord High, and perhaps a fortunate few others, one of whom was almost certainly the manor creature in charge, Flight Killer. Be glad you're whole, Aaron said, at least for a little while. Then you may regret it. Well, that was dramatic. <laughs> yeah, so very, very messed up. Um, I can't even imagine 12 hours. I'm sorry, wait. Before we talk about this, was my was my did you like my skeleton voice? I felt very cartoony as I did it, but I liked it. I liked your Aaron voice. Good job. Thank you. Okay, now I can get back to what you're saying. Um, I can't. Twelve hour shifts. Can you imagine speed walking on a treadmill for twelve hours? That'd be no. horrible. Yeah. The image is the boring. whole image of this is really really messed up and very Stephen Kingy. Yes, it's a it's a good way to make you hate a guy for sure. It's a good way to make you hate these oh, people, yeah. like everyone involved in this. It's it. Absolutely. I am not a fan of any of them right now. Um. All right, you want to continue? Yeah, yeah. So I will. Um. So <laughs> they leave. Okay, and that's the end of uh, section one. So section two, uh, they are back. Uh, Charlie's back into the cell. Um. There is now like a, a blanket for him. He shakes it out and there's lice that fall off, which is really disgusting, but honestly gross. Yeah. You know, what do you really expect? Um, and Charlie sits down and he looks over at Hammy. Who's like got cuts all over him. He's like bleeding. And Charlie's like, what happened to you? And Hammy answers playtime. And, uh, Fremi and Stooks make some jokes, you know, um, Fremi's like, he ain't got the stuff. And Stooks is like, well, he never had it and stuff like that. I love Fremi and um, Stooks. I used to lie. I, hate I him, kind of stands okay. up. Yes. I, yeah. I stands up for him kind of in this section because he tells uh, them, uh, Fremi and Stooks to shut up. And then, which is kind of nice. Like, mm-hmm. he just weirdly, like, for I stands up for Hammy, which is really strange. Um, and everyone goes quiet and Charlie can just hear, like, people moaning and groaning in pain. Um, yep. The door opens and Percy comes back in. And he says, Inamin, Inamin, ooh, on Inamin. And basically, that's um, <laughs> him asking who wants liniment for their cuts and stuff. And yeah. I take some, um, tells, I also tells Percy to give some to the new boy. And if he doesn't need it, then um, Hammy can have it, which again is kind of right. a strangely nice thing that he did. Um, Charlie takes it and he starts to rub it on, on Hammy. Um, which is very nice of him. And uh, Hammy's just kind of in pain everywhere. But I really appreciate Charlie in this section because he's doing a nice thing for this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and as he's cleaning, he asks Hammy if there's like showers uh, because he- Charlie is super dirty. And Hammy's like, there used to be um, back when the games, like the real games were still going on, but now there's just cold water buckets. But after um, next playtime, you can clean yourself. And uh, Charlie's like, well, the way all of you sound and look, playtime must be like not great. And yeah. Stooks is like, well, you'll find out. <laughs> and Premi's like, but you won't like it. And then uh, someone starts coughing and uh, we've, I don't know if we mentioned this before, but there's um, uh, two women in this uh, cell or in the dungeon as well. Um, yeah. Their names are uh, Jaya and Eris, I believe. And yep. we don't know which one says this, but um, the, one of the women's like, cover it, Dami, because Dami is the one who's coughing. Um, yeah. And that's really all we know about Dami right now is that he coughs a lot. 
Dami uh, so now cough. we're into section three. Yeah, Dami got the cough. <laughs> um, now we're into section three, and Percy's returned with uh, pieces of half-cooked chicken, which he throws into the cell. Um, uh, Charlie eats his, and then half of Hammy's, because Hammy's still not eating, really. Are they not worried about salmonella? What do you mean? I mean, if you don't cook chicken all the way, you get salmonella. That's like a that's that's where salmonella comes well, from. Yeah, that's all. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, all. to be honest, they're probably just hungry. I don't think they really care. Maybe that's what Hammy got. Maybe Hammy has salmonella. Maybe. That's all. You can keep going. Um. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, they're a little bit of talking, and then they all kind of go to sleep. Um. And, uh, at one point, Charlie stands up to get a drink, and he looks and sees Hammy staring at him, and, uh, they just kind of have a little bit of this interaction, um, Hammy's like, I want you to protect me, uh, but, oh, he says, no, he says, he doesn't want him to protect him, because he's just going to end up dying anyway, anyway, when the fair one comes around, probably, because mm-hmm. he's very weak, um, he tells him that, Oh, uh, this is what we learn a little bit about the fair one, because uh, Charlie just assumes that he's figured out that thirty-two is divisible all the way down, so right. he figures playtime is like practicing for the main event. So this is what we learn a bit, little bit about the fair one. Um, but Charlie asks, like he says, "I met a boy and a man on the way to uh, Lillimar. They um, were gray people, and they asked." what my what who my mother had to lift her skirts for for me to be whole and charlie asks like what that means and hammy's like well you don't have any gray on you um and only the royal we find out that only the royal blood can be whole people right so back when empis was uh, like you know normal and you know a, a whole land um you know, they were, the royal family was really, really large, and so they, like, would sleep with people and, you know, such and such, and lots of babies were born. Uh, do you think that, um, do you think that anybody from our Earth would also not turn gray, or is Charlie specifically somehow royal? Because, no, is Charlie specifically somehow a royal from this place? Like, which do you think it is? Is I don't know. I, I, my guess is Earth just lets people be okay. Wait, no, his hair is turning blonde. Yeah. I think he is. I think he's somehow royal. Yeah, but um, like, uh, Mr. Bowditch was fine. That's true. I just mm. assume. I assume that anyone from Earth would be safe for some reason. Like whether because they also say that remember the air in Empus is like people living in Empus can't go to Earth because. Our air is poisonous to them. Right. And, but the Empus air is really good for like people from Earth. So I would assume that whatever the reason is, our air is poisonous. It like protects us, I would right. say. Okay. Does that makes sense. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. Like they're just immune to whatever it is. Maybe the cool. gray comes from poisonous Earth air. That's definitely a theory. <laughs> That's definitely <laughs> a theory. <laughs> I'm just teasing. <laughs> Um, okay, anyways, um, they just talk about that, uh, that's how everyone who's whole has to be whole. They have some kind of royal blood in them, basically. Um, yeah. And, uh, that's basically the end of really this section. Uh, Charlie just, um, Hammy's just confused why Charlie doesn't know anything about the land, really. And he says, it almost makes me wonder. And Charlie says, what? What is it you wonder? And then Hammy says, never mind. Just, you might think twice about washing away the dirt. And then someone named Gully screams, there's some here who wants to sleep, and that's the end of the section, and that's where we're going to end. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Good chapter. So, you have any more theories? Yeah, it's okay. It's a fight to the death, for sure. Um, When the 32 arrives, it's going to be a fight to the death. I still like the idea of... uh, the winner becomes king. Flight killer, still super interested to see what flight killer is. They say he jumps from like a well or something like that. They said he came from the, yeah. the well of darkness or whatever. Um, so I think flight killer is like more of a force yeah. than a guy. Um, that's all I really know. That's that's everything I got. I'm going to be honest with you. 
Okay. <laughs> Sweet. Awesome. That's the end of theory time. So now it's time to rank the characters. Woo-hoo! Okay, let's do it. First, Sydney, read week 11's list. Okay. Our week 11 list. Radar, Charlie, Claudia, Dora, Leia, Woody, Dad, Lindy, Melissa, Arnetta, Mrs. Richland, Falada, Jenny, Andy Chen, Miscellaneous Travelers, Leia's Maid, Leon Braddock, Mrs. Ravensburger, Herbie. Fully loaded. Dead Baby Trio, Bill Harriman, Mississippi, Mr. Massensick, Mr. Ackley, Mrs. Sylvius, Officer Wilmark, Officer Cooper, Cece, Craig, Detective Gleason, Birdie, Kilchuckness, and then I Wish You Were Locked Up tier, uh, Christopher Polly. I wish you were dead tier, Hannah and Peterkin, and then our actually dead tier, Bowditch, Mom, and Heinrich. All righty. Let's, okay, first things first. Let's discuss, so, I think. We have a lot of people to add to this list. The seven we're going to add is Hammy, I, Percy, Fremmy, Stooks, Kellen, and Aaron. That sounds good to me. You want to start at the wish you were dead section and move our way up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, I feel like, I feel like Aaron is below Peterkin, and then Kellen's the most wish you were dead. Do you agree with that? Okay, okay. I really um, would like Kellen to die. I feel like Peterkin's, Peterkin and Hannah are pretty bad. Like, I feel like right now, Kellen really hasn't done much, but... That's true, but Kellen's kind of a weird guy. Aaron is also a weird guy, though. I think, okay, hmm, I think I want I Kellen to die more than Peterkin, but I think I want Aaron to die less than both Hannah and Peterkin. Because Aaron is okay. just a guard doing his job. And not he's yeah. not he's upholding a bad system, but he's not the one who's running it. Yes. Kellen is also still very like tricky. Like Aaron just kind of yeah. does his thing and does what he's told, like his job. But Kellen is very much like, I'm gonna trick you into saying something stupid. Right. And now next thing. I think Hammy goes up right by Woody. I like Hammy a lot. Yeah. Right, I like right Hammy above, a lot too. I'm fine with it. Right that. above Woody, you think? Yeah. Right above him? Okay, cool. Hammy, you can yeah. slot Hammy can slot right in above Woody. And then where should I go? I feel like uh, I's kind of a jerk in this in these chapters. But he yeah, does but he also like, is, he like kind of stand up for Hammy. Think about him. Yeah, and he like gets him the medicine for the kid. Like he's yeah. he threatens to wear his liver as a hat, but he also gets him the medicine. So <laughs> Yeah. Who knows? He's kind of I feel like um I feel like he right goes by Andy the Chen? Travelers. Yeah. That's exactly what I just said. You wow. You and I had the same exact oh. thought. <laughs> Lucky us. I said under Andy, you said above yeah. miscellaneous travelers. That's that's where we put him. Which All is the right, same and then <laughs> Yeah. And then uh Percy. Where should we put Percy? I liked Percy. Me too. I think he's a cool guy. I love Percy. Let's put him by Lindy. Yeah, I agree with that. I was going to say he could go right below Dad. That's the same place I said. Wonderful. I, uh, <laughs> above <laughs> Lindy and below Dad is the same. We have agreed on every position so far. <laughs> Fremmy and Stooks. I could send Fremmy, Fremmy and Stooks to jail. They've been nothing but annoying, but I don't think really? they deserve to die. Can we put them in but jail? I think they're funny. Yes, they've been really annoying. I, I don't know if I think they should go that low. I think they're funny. <laughs> Where, should you put, where do you want to put them? I say they don't go that low. I don't know. I just feel like they're funny, kind of. Um, okay, how about this? You can put Fremmy wherever you want. I'm putting Stooks in jail. <laughs> Why Stooks? If he becomes better later on, we can move him. But for now, I'm putting Stooks in I jail. I feel like they need to go together. Wherever they go, they need to go together because they're like the same person. No, but if we disagree, that's that's the beauty of having two people who are the same. We can put my opinion one place and your opinion somewhere else if we disagree. <laughs> where do you true. where do you think where you you get to choose for Fremmy? You can put Fremmy wherever you want. Um. Okay. I think Fremmy should go. I think Fremmy goes below Leon Leon Braddock above Mrs. Raven Ravensburger. Uh, great spot. Love that spot for him. And then um, <laughs> finally. Charlie is the only other character we saw. He beats Radar, I think. He did a great job this chapter. Yeah. Are you going to put him above Radar? I guess technically we saw Radar, too, kind of. Yeah, but we saw we saw what he hopes she's doing. He, we didn't actually see like her yeah. as a being. We, um, all righty. In that case, are you ready okay. for me to read Before our week read, 12 list? I think you need to read this. I think you need to read this in Aaron, Aaron voice. I don't know why I said Aaron like that. <laughs> 
All right, here we go. Charlie, Radar, Claudia, Dora, Leah, Hammy, Woody, Dad, Percy, Lindy, Melissa, Arnetta, Mrs. Richland, Falada, Andy, sorry, Falada, Jenny, Andy, I, Miscellaneous Travelers, Leah's Maid, Leon Braddock, Fremmy, Mrs. Ravensburger, Herbie. Fully Loaded. Dead Baby Trio, Bill Harriman, Mrs. Zippy, Mr. Masonsick, Mr. Ackerley, Mrs. Silvius, Officer Wilmark, Officer Cooper, Cece, Craig, Detective Gleason, Birdie, Coach Harkness, and the Wish You Were in Jail tier, Christopher Polly and Stooks, and in the Wish You Were Dead tier, Aaron, Hannah, Peterkin, and Kellen, and the actual dead tier, Bowditch, Mom, and Heinrich. Holy crap, we have a lot of characters now. <laughs> you know what I just realized? What? Stooks is technically in jail. <laughs> he's in the dungeon <laughs> he deserves it you said you want him in jail but they're technically in jail already <laughs> yeah good for him it works out um alrighty. is there anything else we need to do we need to wrap up um thank you guys so much for listening we also have to say thank you to alezia for the use of our theme song windrunner remake that is a-l-e-z-e-i-a on spotify we really really appreciate it your song is actually baller we love your song um yep what else do we have to say um just make sure for next week read the rest of chapter 21 and chapter 22 right make sure you read the rest of 20, 21 22 um also follow us on instagram that's in the, that's a link in the description and also wow. we Colin, post you didn't do it what you didn't do the what? thing <laughs> i said to make sure oh you no read these chapters and i you actually <laughs> Well, I can't now. Now it's too late. You reminded me. You, you lucky no. listener, got off scot free this, this week. Before. If you forget to read, <laughs> if you forget to read this week, you get off. No, I'm just kidding. You get tied to a treadmill with a noose. Um, thank you guys oh. so much for listening oh, no. to this week. <laughs> Go to the description, click all the links. You'll love everything you find. Um, my name is Colton Pratt, and I'm Sydney Larley. I love you. Peace. Why are you still here? The show's over. That was a good one. I like that one. But can't leave you for...